What's going on, listeners? Welcome back to Matt Goes to the Movies. We are here to cap off Will Smith Month for the podcast, and we are ending with Wild Wild West. And the biggest question that will come out of this is whether or not Robin Harrison will not only ever speak to me again, um, but will they be on this <laughs> podcast ever again? I, I, I think it's a 50-50 toss-up, but uh, regardless, guys, uh, welcome back. It it has been a long road in January, and, and we saved uh, maybe the best for last in terms of how much fun it might be to talk about. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, sorry, it's just my stomach's still a little nauseous. I, I literally just finished watching this right before we went on air, so I'm, I'm still a little wheezy. I think my balance is off a bit. <laughs> yeah, I, this is, uh, I'm excited to talk about this. I did not know what I signed up for when I agreed to this, because I <laughs> I had never even heard of this movie, and now I understand why. Yeah, so uh, released in 1999 on a budget of $170 million, the first actual box office flop of Will Smith's career, uh, making $222 million, um, a 16% on Rotten Tomatoes. He famously passed on The Matrix to do this movie. Um but he says that we should thank him for that because they would have cast Val Kilmer as Morpheus. Um, oh, had, had interesting. He, yes, had he been cast as Neo, Val Kilmer would have been Morpheus. Um, God knows what that would have been like. But, you know, I just don't even know where to start with this movie. And... I guess I'll I guess I'll start with the question and Harrison, I'll put this to you first because this is the first time you've ever seen this. Where was the hundred and seventy million dollars spent? Because there are times that this looks like Sharknado on the sci fi channel. <laughs> like it <laughs> is so bad. Okay. Here's here's the thing. Um this is not a dig at anybody, but my wife, she's not a big movie person. She likes her romantic comedies, and that's what she sticks to. It's hard to get her to branch out to anything else. So for her to, like, from the kitchen, like, out of the corner of the eye to be like, wow, that looks like a green screen, means it's at, like, an all-time bad. Uh, like, immediately. Like, it's not like she'd been looking for a second. She was literally just, like, glanced at the screen for half a second and knew. And it is all over the place. It, it It is so bad. There's even one moment where I was trying to decide if it was just like such a bad green screen or if my eyes had just gotten used to seeing bad green screen for so long that I was making a real background look like a green screen and I couldn't decide. It, it is atrocious. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, Robin, I'll let you jump in. There's, I, I mean, the scene with um, towards the end uh, which we'll get into the, Will Smith and um, Kenneth Bragna, who plays Dr. Loveless. They're not even in the same, sh like you can tell they're not even in the same shot. Like they are cut and paste into that, into that shot together. And, and they can't even like be on location for some shots. There's a shot where they're walking through the desert where it, that looks like they're superimposed on the screen. Like it's, it is insane. It's it's so bad. And I had started to kind of make note of every time I saw bad green screen, but then I realized it was literally every time they used it, it was bad. And it's 
listen, you can, you can talk about, okay, this was the year that it came out in. Um, this is the ability they had to work with. It's not as advanced as what we get now at, at times, but there's no excuse for lighting the scene as badly as they did when they're using green screen effects. Like it's so obvious that they're on a green screen because of how poorly they lit. It's that has nothing to do with technology. That's just basic lighting. Uh, and the thing was, at first, I kept saying like, "Oh, this is an old movie. This is an old movie." And then I was like, "This came out the same year as The Matrix." Mm-hmm. That you have no excuse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it came out the same year as The Matrix. It came out the same year as. I mean, Rob, you might know this movie more than Harrison would, but like, this came out at the same time as Lake Placid, which had a very believable <laughs> giant. Like, it had a very believable giant alligator. And it has Betty White too, right? Yeah, yeah. On screen, like there's movies that came out in 1999 that, you know, do not, that absolutely say there's no excuse for how, especially with, for God's sakes, especially with $170 million. I mean, there, there is no excuse for it. As bad as this movie gets for certain things, the Phantom Menace came out in 1999 and, and it did not look this bad. I think they must have spent the entire budget just to license uh, Stevie Wonder's original song to make the theme song for this. I'm <laughs> I, I, like, I actually Where else did they spend it. Seriously. I actually heard a rumor that Stevie Wonder saw this and said, this looks terrible. And <laughs> I, I mean, that guy is blind. So <laughs> like, I just, I, and the funny thing is, and it's it's not funny, this is one of those movies where even in movies that I don't like with Will Smith, he's charming, he's charismatic, he's great on screen. I I don't like him in this at all. Like, I don't think any of the things that make Will Smith Will Smith show up in this movie at all. The character is not as fun. Um, there's a couple of moments that are, that are fun, but there's a lot of that, you know, like just Will Smith yelling early on into this movie. There's a lot of that that gets kind of annoying. Um, there's a lot of times where he's trying to be charming and it just is, it comes off really just inappropriate on, and I guess I'll just kind of get right to it. Like the, it, it, everything that happens in this movie just feels gross and stupid And it occurs to me that what I think happened is that the filmmakers crowdsourced all of their material from every middle school lunch table they could find just to try to figure out what they think is funny. And I picture it going something like this. Okay, team, here's what our focus groups say we should base our humor on. All the jokes should be about boobs, racism, disabilities, and homosexuality. Let's make all of the humor based on those things. It'll be gold. Yeah. It's bad. Like, at first, I was, like, kind of getting into it, if that makes sense. Like, I was like, oh, I I can kind of get the vibe that this movie's going for. Like, maybe I can, like, almost where, like, it's bad enough, but I can get into the vein of it being bad enough and just kind of enjoy it. But then it just kept going down those bits and wouldn't let him go. And, And it, like, ruins any type of, like, what's the word? how can I say this right? It ruins any type of like favor you might get with the characters. Like it's just, is ruined. 
There's an insult exchange they have. It's just a back and forth of racist and handicapped double entendres that's just stupid, not funny, and absolutely terrible. And it, it just kind of continues. And there's there's a scene where they're about to hang him, and it's played off that it's supposed to be a funny scene. And none of the dialogue is funny. Like this is this is a terrible, like evil part of history and for them to try to play that scene like it's supposed to be for laughs is beyond tone deaf and i'm not even talking about our 2023 standard i'm talking in the late 90s they should have known that this is not this is not a scene where you try to make it funny and it's it just it falls completely beyond flat it falls beyond flat and what makes it worse is that will smith is trying so hard to make it not flat yeah and, and like, there's moments where he almost gets me, like he almost wins me over, but then he it, I, he just can't. He just can't make up for it. Yeah, no, I I mean, it's it's not funny. And then they have over like the overabundance of comedy where, well, attempted comedy where she um, what's it where that woman passes out? She's like, would it help if I thought you were a man? which makes her pass out it's and then they try to do serious tones and again like talk about tonally different this movie just okay is it supposed to be funny is it supposed to be somewhat oddly homophobic like it's really racist and like i've watched a i've watched a lot of reviews on this movie and like one thing i will agree like i'll I'll agree with with some of the other reviews that i've seen for this movie was and and one that i i really like comes from a show called double toasted where they do talk about the fact like the villain's motivation is believable like you have that going for it like this is a guy who fought for his country like well fought for the south loses half of his body and is like you guys just you gave up like he's pissed like not that the message is good but like from his character motivation it's like that makes sense but there's nothing like you have one thing in this movie where you're like okay like i get why the villain's doing what he's doing but there there's just so many random moments in this movie that Rob, like you said, it's just, uh, okay, here's, they just threw down a bunch of ideas and went, well, you can pick 16 pieces of paper up, whatever is on that. That's what we put in the movie. And what's funny is like, if you think, if you like kind of squint and look at this movie and describe what you see, there are all the elements of what should have been a really fun movie. You've got like alternate history, which I love. I I think it's, I think that's so cool. I I love reading alternate history, watching alternate history, just kind of the what ifs, like if this had gone this way, like there's so much that could have worked there. You've got this really cool steampunk element that if you don't think about it too much, like all that stuff is like really cool. The way that they're making stuff work that just doesn't make sense for this period of time. Like there's there's elements of that. You've got Will Smith kind of in a buddy cop role sort of thing working again. You know, you've got a, a pretty good cast overall. Yeah. Um, and, and there's there's enough things that should have worked. And yet all of their decisions were terrible. Beyond that, um, everything they attempted to do failed. Uh, everybody who is associated with this movie should be pretty much 
embarrassed it. I would say at the final product, uh, I, I will say this. Um, so I watched this on Tubi. I don't know how you guys watched it, but for listeners, yeah, for listeners aren't familiar with Tubi, it's uh, it is a streaming service. It's out there. It's it's a free to use service. Uh, you don't have to subscribe or anything like that, and it's just supported by ads. Um, and what I noticed is that um, uh, it's actually leaving Tubi very soon, in about five or six days, as of uh, when we're recording this. So um, you better hurry over there and check it out before you lose the opportunity to stream this masterpiece. And and what's funny is when I pulled it up and, and went to tap on it because I had to pause it and then come back to it later, underneath it, it listed its genre as horror. <laughs> and yeah. and to me, I was like, well, that that actually feels more realistic because it's not it, I wouldn't list this as a comedy because there's nothing funny about it. It is horrible. So that's kind of where it belongs. But I, I'll say this when um, when Tubi kind of cut into the movie with some ad breaks. I actually found that to be a welcome reprieve. I was like, okay, something else. I was actually more entertained and enjoyed the ad breaks for Tide more than I did watching <laughs> this movie. Yeah, it's it, it is something. I would classify it as a horror movie because um, there's just there's nothing, and there really is. There's so many stories about you know this director who. You know, do you guys did you guys wonder why? And I, I kind of talked to you about this uh, before we even talked about this movie. Um, d- were you just kind of wondering why there's spiders everywhere randomly in this movie? Yeah, it's a bit odd. Yeah, what the heck? It, it's like they tr- are trying to get this like spider thing going, but it's just weird. I mean, a tank would have made way more sense. He already built one. Just build it bigger. That makes way more sense. Yeah, um, this this director, um, Barry Sonnenfeld, um, there's a lot of really cool like interviews about him. And Kevin Smith gives like the best one. Um, But anybody who's worked with him, this guy is obsessed with spiders, like literally obsessed with them. And he he shoehorns them into everything. And the interview um, that's referenced, I ended up because of a video I was watching, I went and saw this. Um, he proposed a Superman movie where, um, he, he had three things. Okay. He pitched a Superman movie that had three things. He couldn't fly. He couldn't wear that stupid suit. And he had to fight a giant spider at the end of the movie. Is that even a Superman movie? Like that was his pitch. Like Superman 64. Yeah. Like he had to fight a giant spider. Like this guy is obsessed with spiders in real life and he shoehorns them into everything that he does. Like it's insane if you actually go like read stuff about this guy, but that's why they're in there. That's so random. The thing is that it just like comes out of nowhere too. Like, like the, the whole thing like, like, especially because it tries to like make like realistic connections when Will Smith's character knows about the wasp attacking the the spider. Mm-hmm. The second I saw the mech spider, I was like, yeah, they're gonna make some comparison to the wasp, and that's how they're gonna take it down. Like, I just you you see everything coming eight miles away, and it's it's boring and it's uninteresting. And like, the the only thing that I ever enjoyed in this movie was when Kenneth Braun's character was doing his horrible accent and just like 
chewing up the scenery in like the most cringy, cheesy way ever. Like that, that was the only thing that I enjoyed. Everything else was just boring and uninteresting or if not frustrate, frustrating is wrong. If not bothersome. It, you know what? It really is bothersome this movie because there's nothing there's nothing that you can attach to realistically at any at any moment unless like i don't know unless you're racist as hell maybe you'll like this movie i don't know like what is there to latch on to the entire tone is just so immature uh you know they the train scene is so bad. Like it's so, so bad. It, this, mm-hmm. And it's so stupid. Like, yes, we get it. These two characters come from different worlds and they don't like each other's approach and they fight at first, but they're totally going to trust and, run and rely on each other and become partners by the end. It's like, we've seen this before. And not only have we seen it every time we've seen it before this, it's been better. And every time we've seen it since then, it's been better than this. And we've seen ta- Will Smith you know, do it this- better. Exactly. <laughs> and then they have this whole bit. They're talking about the costumes and the fake boobs. And it's like, it's, it's so stupid, even by the standards of 1999. And it's beyond cringy at this point now. And it's just like, how did so many adults like attach themselves to this and be like, yeah, let's do that. It'll be funny. The kids will like it. Yeah. there. I mean, everything associated with, um, Selma Hayek's character, like just everything about her, I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I was embarrassed for her. Yes. I was like, does she ever look back and just feel guilty? Like, not that she should feel guilty. She's more taken advantage of, but like, it, it's just, it's awful. Like, I, I mean, maybe this sounds horrible from a white guy, but like, I, sexualization of of women in movies has never been like outright bothersome to me but this entire movie it was bothering me like like i felt uncomfortable for her and yes well because it's also weird um because there's certain movies like okay let's say sin city there's a like there's a purpose for it based on what that movie is about in the profession even the first suicide squad movie realistically that is in some of those comic books, Harley Quinn is heavily sexualized and they were playing off of that. Like there's certain times when it's like, it fits the movie, but the whole purpose of her being in that movie, this movie is what that ass shot. Like, cause does she do anything for the plot? Yeah. And like, what was, what was the, what was the point of that scene? Like, I mean, I like a good looking woman. Don't get me wrong, but like, what, like, like what legitimately is the point? Like, there's no point to that whatsoever. There's none. The only thing you could even say is that she's a device to make Will Smith and Kevin Klein's characters like have conflict, I suppose. Like, right. But, she, but they already have that because they don't like each other's styles. Like, if you literally cut her out of every scene that she was in, it doesn't impact the movie in a like the, the the entire movie still works and makes sense. And that's kind of sad. Like when you realize that it was, it was kind of totally and completely pointless to have her there. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess there's a little bit of information she gives them um, at, at early on when they first meet her, but I don't know. Um, 
it, it you do kind of feel bad. Like it, it just, I wouldn't go, I like, I don't really use the word problematic a, a lot, but man, there's, there's a lot of this that just, this movie needs to be thrown in a bin and kind of locked away and forgotten about. Um, like the most long, like the longest impact that this thing has is the tie in song. Like that has mm-hmm. a way bigger cultural impact than this movie ever did. Yeah. I mean, don't forget there's a, for whatever reason, giant metal rubber penis, like in this movie, for whatever reason, like, yeah that that was uh and and the thing is like the use of steampunk science is really cool in this movie at times at Mm -hmm. times the bike the bike is fun yeah yeah that's funny when it's when it's totally stupid like the severed head that shows an image with an invitation sticking out of his pocket like oh and then he puts the glasses on him are you joking me Mm -hmm. are you joking me like for all the sense that makes, you might as well have just had a Confederate dude just slide into your DMS with that information for all the <laughs> sense that that made like, Oh my God, it was so bad and stupid. Yeah. That's, that's the theme of every scene it, in this movie it's Bad and stupid. <laughs> it's, it's, it's bad and stupid. Like this is something, and I've done this mm, twice in my life. Um, this is something like I would walk out of if I were to see this in theater. Like if I would have seen this in theaters, like this is something I would have walked out of. And, and I don't do that. Cause Rob, you, you know, better than maybe any listener that's listening to this and, and better than Harrison, I will watch, excuse me, shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like absolute garbage. Like I, I will, I will watch it because there's always at least something like, inadvertently charming about the fact that it's so stupid. This is just something that I go, this is just dumb that nothing makes me laugh. Nothing makes me like, there's nothing cool to look at visually because you're just like, there's no redeem. There's no redeeming qualities anywhere. Like the, the dumb flying saucer neck thing. Like, yeah. What? Why? I It's dumb. Okay, that's not how magnets work. Like, the, and then you just make them like suddenly the polarity switches. Does anybody know how magnets actually switch polarity? He hit it with a rock, and suddenly like he like flipped a switch, and and now their belt buckles are getting stuck, and then they just come off. Then the next scene, they're just off. Are you trying to be funny because it wasn't funny? Yeah, the um. The saw blades are almost like drones, you know, because they have flight paths and everything else. Yeah, like, they they bank uh, turns. Yeah, yeah, they they kind of have pitch and they go up and down and um, um, the and that's the problem with with something like this is like okay, so you're trying to introduce these new like super scientific ideas that were, you know, we can't even make the kind of the stuff now, let alone in the 1860s. But they're trying to do it in a cool way, but they completely ignore all of the laws of physics. Like I'm not even talking about like, I'll excuse the giant spider mech. Cause like, okay, it's, it's a movie and it's kind of a cool idea. You know, just the, the design of it is kind of cool. Like the whole, the whole concept, like the whole steampunk look of that thing is, is kind of cool. But when you just ignore the absolute most basic physics, it, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm just, I stop caring. I just go, okay, this is just dumb. 
Yeah, I mean, there's one thing, uh, 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 two things. One, um, sorry, the second, it's John Peters. Um, that's the director that's obsessed with spiders because there's two um, for this movie. But there's one thing that I do not agree with. Um, I agree with the fact that it was nominated for eight Razzies. It won five. <laughs> like, I, I agree that it maybe should have won all eight. Um, but one of those, it won worst picture. And it also won worst original song for Wild Wild West, which I do not agree with. No, nah, I'm not coming. Yeah, uh, no. I, that's that's wrong. I, I'm yeah. with you, Matt. That that's a, that yeah. song was actually kind of fun. I've yeah, never I, heard it before. And the credits started and I was like, oh, no, here we go. Some cr- cringy rap song from Will Smith over the credits and the stars. Like, hey, this isn't bad. Yeah, it's, it's James West, Desperado. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pretty good. Like yeah, in the late 90s, you could not get away from this song. It was everywhere. Yeah. And so I, I don't agree with that. Um, and I don't know. I think like, this is an example of like this movie was terrible. So they just dumped on at, everything they possibly right. could about it. And maybe the only redeeming quality, depending on your preference, is that three piece shot. You get a dick balls and ass of Will Smith like <laughs> that, that. That might be the only thing that would bring anybody back to this movie. Like wh- which was that was weird. Like I was surprised how much was actually shown when he knocks that one guy out like that was in 1999. That was kind of surprising to me. Yeah. Yeah. The the whole opening was just weird. Like I've never seen this movie before. And you know, like right? the opening of a movie is your introduction to it. And I was just like, what is going on? Like, like what you have no understanding for the story. Like when you're launched into a story and you've got to understand it, as a storyteller and as a director, you got to be able to allow your viewers to get some bearing of something. Obviously, you're not going to reveal everything from the get-go, but you got to have some awareness of something. It, it took me until Will Smith introduced himself as uh, a federal agent. What is that what he calls himself? I forget. Mm-hmm. Before I even had a clue what was going on. And, and even then, I was like, okay, so he's an agent for some reason. But, I like, it, it's just... It, you, you, it's dumb. It, it's dumb and stupid. Yeah, and, it is dumb and stupid. And even the fact, like, at, at the end when they both actually try to, like, court Rita—that's like the actual term they use for it—and then she's like, "Oh yeah, like this dude's my husband." Like, what the heck? Like that was just so weirdly unnecessary as well. Which they, I mean, I will say they showed it from the beginning. There was one scene where I had to pause it. Um, and she's like reaching up to kiss Will Smith in the train and she has a wedding ring on. And I was like, what? Why does she have a wedding ring on? Like I was, I was, I thought it was just an accident that Selma Hayek had a wedding ring on as a, as an individual and mm-hmm. they forgot to take it off on set. Um, yeah. It, again, I go back. What is the point of her character? She does nothing. She does nothing for the plot. If it's there to in- introduce conflict between the two characters, they d- it, it's not even like a conflict between them. It's almost just like a mutual respect that they're both interested in the woman and they're just like both doing it at the same time without really competing to each other. Like it, it's not even competitive. It, it's weird. Yeah. Do you know this movie actually got them a lawsuit too? Oh, really? From yeah. Um, so... The lawsuit was Gilbert Ralston, um, who sued Warner Brothers um, based on the fact that he helped create the original television series. Um, 
and then he actually came up with um, the characters and wrote like nine different scripts and they never gave him credit for the characters that he created. Um, so they ended up there. There's not actually a, an actual uh, number, but it's between 600 and one point 600,000 and 1. 1.5 million uh, that they ended up paying to his family for the lawsuit because they didn't actually give him credit and royalties for these characters. And he, he passed away before it was settled. So n- not only did this movie not make money, it cost them <laughs> like, <laughs> like it cost them money making this movie because of a lawsuit. Can you imagine suing somebody to take credit for creating these characters? Like, right. nope, these are mine. <laughs> I want them. Give me the credit for it. Well, he's probably like, these did not suck this bad when I thought of them. Like, <laughs> but yeah, I wonder what the TV show was like. Because, because what from what I was reading, this is not anywhere near what the TV show was like. Yeah, and also, I mean, like, I don't want this to sound wrong. And it, it's not that Will Smith gives a bad performance. It's more that like the movie is bad. But still, who looked at this character and this story and thought, Ah, I know Will Smith. I don't, he's just not who I would have thought came to mind. Like, do you do you really think that? a federal agent who's fighting against the South is going to be a black guy and he's going to make it very far. Like, I'm sorry. Just look at the history. He's, he's going to be taken out immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know the other people? Um, I, I don't know if you guys do, but um, do you know who else was actually up for the role of Artemis Gordon? Oh, wasn't, I remember reading it. I don't remember who though. George Clooney, who actually was signed, <laughs> who actually signed on, he signed a deal for this. Matthew McConaughey and Johnny Depp. What? All pursued the role, um, but George Clooney actually was signed on to do this. And after he had an argument with the director, um, they decided to part ways. But yeah, originally George Clooney was going to be Will Smith's partner. Interesting. Um, and what's weird is Clooney's good opposite other actors. Like he can play off of people really well, but I even he, I don't think he could do anything with this. Yeah, no, I I mean I don't think anybody could have done anything with this. Like I don't think McConaughey or Depp. Like I don't think any one of them would have done. Yeah, anything with this. And then so Johnny Depp passes on this just to then star in another problematic awful poor decision western that became uh um the lone ranger oh yes tonto yeah yeah Yeah. that was another one i have more side note i have more memories of that movie from playing the disney infinity level all the time than i do from the actual movie (laughs) yep yeah i i just Oh my God. I'm kind of curious. So there's a, there's another specific scene and maybe I missed something, but he's, there's the scene that I want to complain about a bit here. Um, He's in the office. So Jim West goes in this office and he's trying to like, you know, sneak around and spy a bit Mm -hmm. and the paintings come to life and shoot at him. Um, How did that, did I miss something? How exactly did that work? 
oh, it's so it's actually real people who, for some reason, are just stand there the whole just, time. Yeah, just stand, just stand there the whole time. They just stand there, like even when uh, they're they're living know. they're living sculptures that, at a moment's notice, can jump out and you know have the upper hand on somebody and somehow not kill him. Yeah, <laughs> and nobody notices there's like a real thing there. Like it's a painting with a real person that like yeah. occasionally has to breathe. Like, did you ever try to stand like completely still? Like completely still? Compl- you right. can't really do it without shifting your weight at all. You can't really do it for more than like 15 seconds at a time. Like try something. Like if you're listening to this and, and you're like driving right now, like don't do it right now. But like. <laughs> <laughs> Please do not. Right. Please don't. Yeah. Like don't. Like don't. Um, up and be still while you're driving. Like, yeah, don't do that. Like, wait till you get home and then try it. Or like, if you're doing dishes right now or something like that, like, go ahead and try it now. And you'd be like, oh, this totally sucks. Because like, you know, you start to develop like pressure points on like, you know, different parts of your feet or, or whatever. And you got to like shift and readjust. Like nobody does that. Like it's, it was unbelievably stupid. So then Jim West shoots them all and nobody at the party has any concept that Mm -hmm. guns just went off a whole bunch in this other room and come running to find out what's going on. That's exactly what I thought. They walk, he walks out of the room and then there's like some old guy in the background. I think he's just an extra who like walks kind of near the room. I was like, Oh, he's going to go in the room and start the conflict. And then he didn't. And I was like, there there was just like eight shots and then a body that fell from the ceiling. Like you would hear that. thud. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's and you know, even that scene, too, when he he dresses up a- as the woman like the Why simple does that work. Yeah. <laughs> Why does he just stop? Like he he's like about to say fire and, and he hears music. So he doesn't like what? Yeah. Yeah. Like and even the fact that he doesn't not for nothing, even when he blows fire out of his chest you would still be able to shoot. Like he was directly in front of you. Just fire your gun. He didn't move. Like all he did was shimmy. So if one of you that was standing in front of him, fire your gun, he's dead. Like, yeah. And so he comes onto the stage, right? And he's, uh, he's dressed as um, whatever he is. And there's, there's a room of like, I don't know, a hundred guys in there. And they all just kind of stop what they're doing to watch this. Like, like, why doesn't anybody that's there go like, hey, wait a second. Like, what's like, what? why is this happening? Like, right. who's allowing who, this? How did she get who, on the stage? <laughs> who ordered this? Like, who who brought this in? Like, you would think one person would question that and go, so why would this be happening right now while we're trying to kill this guy? Like, what? I I don't know. It's none of it makes sense. Yeah, this and definitely again, isn't like a. A, a rescue attempt or anything totally not there's no way that's and happening then when they do get rescued and the people start to go their separate ways there's a bunch of i assume confederate soldiers they're dressed in confederate uniforms they just like walk out with them down the stairs like this person was just handcuffed about to be shot in the head and you're just gonna walk out the front door with them now and nobody's gonna do anything about it yeah like everybody's like oh yeah th- this belly dancer came and crashed the party i guess we'll go home <laughs> yeah yeah like well all right maybe another day but like and it's supposed to be played up for laughs but it's the the scene itself is not funny what's funny is the sheer incoherence of this like of every single aspect of this movie that's what makes it funny not dialogue not a scene 
it's just the sheer stupidity of everything that was this movie. And the thing is, like, a scene like that you could think could be played off as funny, but it's it because of how, like, cringy and ridiculous it is. It's just so cringy and ridiculous, I'm just uncomfortable. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not having a good time. I'm just uncomfortable. And it's, it's drawn on so long. Oh, God, yeah. And it doesn't cut... It, there's there's nothing interesting to it. It's like just let's drag this thing out. Nothing in this movie cuts when it should. Uh, this this is an example of every scene running on longer than it should. Every scene runs longer than it should. Every scene overstays its welcome by probably thirty seconds at least, if not more. Minimum. It, it, it makes you wonder. Like, so Loveless is about to execute Artemis, and uh, and then he sees you know somebody in this green outfit. He's like, you know what? I was definitely going to give orders to shoot this dude, but maybe I'll get a lap dance first. Right. <laughs> What's that thought process like? Get it after. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. like I don't know. <laughs> like, it's just get the job done first. Seriously. Yeah, like, don't multitask, you know, like complete one project all the way through to its entirety and then move on to the next thing. Especially if, when he, the belly, this belly dancer who's Will Smith, like goes and dances in front of this person who was about to be shot. Like, oh yeah, I'll just let him interact with my enemy. You know, whatever. He'll right. come back. She'll come back to me eventually. Well, because if anything too, like the way he just kind of casually goes with it, you would think that like he had this entertainment set up for like after. Like, it's like, like, literally, it's for the after party. And like, you would think you would be like, hey, uh, just back up for a second. But yeah, no, it's like, it, it makes no sense that he would allow that to happen. Um, and that again, that's just the whole movie. Like, uh, this is something that I, I don't see why, like, I will watch Batman and Robin once a year because it's hysterical. I laugh. I I laugh uncontrollably at Batman and Robin. There's movies that are so like, there's other movies that I'm just like, yeah, I'll watch it. I'll watch the two fantastic four movies, not fan four stick. I'll watch those two movies. I'll watch green lantern. I'll watch Catwoman again because I'll just laugh at those. I I will never, I, I could not think of a single reason why I would ever watch this movie again because there's zero there's zero enjoyment out of it for me none except for the the credit except for the credit scene and i'll just turn on amazon music if i want to listen to wild wild west the the only scene that i got out of this that made me laugh was when loveless is like greeting all the people before he reveals his math and he's like bonjour buenas tardes (laughs) 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 because my wife speaks spanish and uh, so does like a bunch of her family speak Spanish and they intentionally speak in horrible accents to each other all the time just to make fun <laughs> of gringos. And so he said that and she whipped around and started laughing. So I started laughing and then we rewound it and rewatched it. But that was the only funny thing of the whole movie. See, but you because you have a personal connection to that. If you yeah, didn't I, have that personal connection, you'd probably be like, Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> So can we kind of talk about like his grand scheme to like turn over the United States back to places that it came from first? Like I so I'm not a history expert, but 
there's there's really no reason to think that France would want the Louisiana purchase back. Like the, like they didn't really <laughs> want it to begin with. The only thing that did for them was give them the Mississippi River and the port of New Orleans. Like that was the whole thing. But there a lot of their colonial empires were sort of crumbling at that point. There was slave uprisings all across the new world, you know, the places that still had slavery, like it Mm -hmm. wasn't profitable to have these colonies anymore. So they like France would not have wanted St. Louis. What the heck were they going to do with it? Like it had, it meant nothing to them. They were, they sold it for pennies because they didn't, they didn't want it in the first place. Like to give Britain back the 13 original colonies minus, I think Manhattan or whatever they said, um, like, what would they have done with it? Like, the, the, especially because back. you think that the people are just going to like willingly go along. Like, oh, some guys, the president signed a contract. Like, I guess we're under colonial rule again from the British. OK. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I guess I'm going to hand my coffee over and go to drinking tea now. Like, yeah. not a chance. Like, there's no, no. way. Like, no. th- that would have never worked. And I and I guess maybe Spain would have been slightly interested in Florida, but but also not really, because now you have to, like, govern it from across an ocean. And they all figured out that that doesn't work really well when the people who live there really don't want to be governed. Oh, and by the way, those people have guns like that's yeah. like that doesn't work. So the whole plan is like, I don't know, I. I think there was there were seeds of that being a cool idea. Again, I'm really into alternate history. There's a lot of it that I think is kind of cool. Like I started reading The Man in the High Castle, which is this really interesting novel by Philip K. Dick, who who also wrote the movie um, or wrote the book uh, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep that turned into the movie Blade Runner. It's got some really interesting, compelling, thought provoking ideas about what ifs. Um, to make that work, you got to set it up a little bit more and and have it makes sense like there's a reason that they would want those things like i don't know but at that point of history they, none of those countries were interested in any of that crap do you you know what this i i, I thought France, about have cleveland right yeah. it's yours. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, they'll eventually suck at football in about a hundred years like here you can have it you can yeah this is you now it, this movie kind of reminds me um it's and th- this is what it's like. So, you know, you have, you know, you know how the asylum production company will make these movies like, oh, they'll make monster verse alien, or they'll make, you know, like transmorphers, like with these big name titles, like after things come out, cause they make them for super cheap and they throw them on DVD and they don't know. Like, do you guys know the asylum production company? Yeah. That, yeah. Oh yeah. I've seen those around. Never yeah. watched one, but I know of them. <laughs> Yeah, like, you know, they and they actually turn a profit because they barely spend any money. But this movie remind like it to me, it is an asylum level ripoff of the Mask of Zorro. Ooh, yeah, like it's it's like they tried to make because the Mask of Zorro came out in 1998 and I love that movie. I, I actually I really enjoy that movie. I think it's fun. Oh, yeah. I think there's some actually really good serious parts in it. Um, but it's, it's almost like they were trying to go for that type of vibe where there's a serious part of the story. There is some comedy in it. Um, but it just fails on every level. Like to me, this is a ripoff of that in the worst possible way. The the mask of Zorro is good. Like, oh yeah. 
yeah, in fact, just a little tangent side story here. My grandpa, when he was still alive, had uh, Alzheimer's, and so he lived down the street from us in a little house, and I'd go down at the end of the day and read a book to him and help him eat dinner, and then we'd watch The Mask of Zorro literally every day, and he loved it every day. He's like, this is the best movie ever, and and I, that was like week, months and months and months, and I never got sick of it. So it's a quality movie. I literally watched it every day. There's some pretty good sword play in it, too. Yeah. yeah. But so, but now that you say that, that is like a really good comparison. This is a horrible ripoff of The Mask of Zorro. And and I feel like, especially with, um, um, the names are blanking on me. Uh, she's in The Mask of Zorro, and they wanted her to be in this. Catherine, Zeta, Catherine Jones. Zeta Jones. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I believe, wasn't she cast, like, they tried to cast her in this for Selma's character? Mm-hmm. They did. See? Okay, yep. proof. Yeah. And I just have to say, because um, Rob and I didn't know that story, but that was really sweet. Like, kind of weird <laughs> that I bring up the Mask of Zorro and, like, that that story. Um, yeah, it was, it was good fun. We, we, we literally... I'd go over there, I'd read a book to him, and then he, my mom bought him. Do you guys know what Schwann's is? Is that something on the East Coast? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like the, the food, the truck that drives around. Anyway, so yeah. she'd buy him like TV dinners, Schwann's. So you open up his freezer and it's just Schwann's stacked on TV dinners <laughs> stacked on top of each other. Like literally full. Like you pull him out like a little Lego piece. So then I'd heat up two of those and uh, I'd ask him what movie you want to watch. And he'd always say Zorro. So then we'd watch it and he'd finish it and he'd look at me and be like, Man, that was so good. And like every scene was he was reacting to for the first time. It was so much fun. So we should we should review that movie. That would that'd be fun. Yeah, I'd be down for that because I really Sign enjoyed that. So I would I would definitely enjoy that compared to what we did watch. Yeah. And even there, too, it's like, yeah, there's I mean, that would be for another time. But uh, Rob, what other thoughts do you have about this this movie? Because. I don't have anything else to say on my end unless you guys come up with something that just kind of like sparks a, a conversation for me. You know, I guess if you want to if you want to pick one one thing out of this that was effective or was cool or did work, the uh, the steampunk wheelchair, I thought that was kind of a cool design. I, yeah. I really thought that was kind of cool. I liked how it worked. And I actually think a lot of the visual effects around it were actually pretty good considering how terrible they were th throughout the rest of the movie. Um, it was like the one thing that I was like, yeah, it's actually like some, some really good execution there. I but agree. That's, that's the extent of the things I will praise this movie for. I'm going to yeah. just follow up Rob and say, the only thing that I can praise is Kenneth Braun's character, not the character, but his performance of him. I think he just commits to the absurdity of it so well that it is yes. kind of fun to me. Uh, because it's just, it's like, he knows what he's doing and he knows how bad it is. So it's kind of fun. Um, and that, that's the only part. And it doesn't work all the time. It's just some of the scenes, uh, and the, and the wheelchair. And, and I did read this. He was kneeling, like in a kneeling position and his legs were kind of enclosed in that square box thing. And so he'd have to stand up every few minutes cause his, his blood flow would get right, cut off. Yeah. So he, he, he committed he was he was in this movie where he's terrible. He also directed what is largely regarded as the worst MCU film in Thor the Dark World. And you would think that this guy like doesn't know how to like make good film or be involved with good film. But if you really want to kind of like understand that this is this is a a good actor, a good filmmaker, 
you got to see his version of Hamlet of all of the versions of Hamlet that are available on video. Uh, his version by far is my favorite. It is fantastic. There's some great cameos. Um, you get Robin Williams towards the end. Um, it, it, it's just, I think Billy Crystal's in it at one point and is really funny. Um, it is without a doubt my favorite version of Hamlet. So I would encourage listeners to, um, <clears throat> if you were actually thinking about watching this, um, don't like, don't do that. Like, uh, like also like, don't try to stand still while driving. And then also don't watch this movie. <laughs> largely, yeah. largely for the same reasons. Uh, the same amount of carnage is possible if you do either of those things. Uh, but go watch Kenneth Bronick's version of, uh, of Hamlet. Um, uh, if you've never seen it, uh, you'll enjoy it. And after you watch that, watch Belfast that he directed exceptional movie, which I, I don't understand in 2020, he directed Artemis Fowl for Disney plus, And then the next year came out with Belfast. So this guy can't, he, he's not consistent. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh God. Artemis Fowl. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> that is something else. Um, that was something else. How are we all three seen? That? I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, why have we seen that? That's why have any of us seen that? Let alone all three question. Well, we were at home for months on end. Yeah, that was 2020. Yeah. So, you know what? I'm fairly certain that that released like kind of in that time period where we were all locked in our homes. Yep. Yeah, it, it, it was right around that time. So that that probably could be why, like. All right, whatever. Like, let's just see what it we, is. We we had all signed up for Disney Plus, and we were just trying to look for something to watch on it because to validate our subscription. Right, exactly. Yeah. I was like, I've already watched the '90s X Men and Spider Man cartoon nine times. Let me try and watch something else. <laughs> <laughs> and then you regretted it, right? I was like, oh, I should have went for ten, but. <laughs> <laughs> um all right well let's go to popcorn time and let's review this and harrison i won't put you on the spot and make you go first because thank you i did that last time i will i will go first and for the one reason harrison listed uh, and it's kenneth brogno's performance because he commits and i think again from a standpoint of why he would do what he would do as a character i think that's really the only thing that makes sense in this movie um not, you know, not agreeing with the character, but just the motive behind it um, in a hodgepodge of crap. That's the only reasonable thing. Um, this is a half bucket. This is the lowest thing I have ever scored on Matt goes to the movies. And yeah, I, I would never watch this again. Uh, Rob, this I'll let you go is, next. Yeah, this is also half a bucket. Um this movie fails on almost every conceivable level, um, which is a shame. Again, like I mentioned, I think there were, there were some ideas that had they been given to a more mature screenwriter or a more mature movie created. Um, I think there was, there was a possibility to tell this story, have it be actually funny and even add some darker comedy moments there was there's places for that if you think about alternate history and particularly if you think about the inciting events of the end of the civil war and just how bloody that was and how you know some of the issues that were at stake um for the cause of that war like there could have been some really cool opportunities to play with some things and explore some things um and instead we got like cross-dressing jokes and just failure on every level half a bucket yeah. 
Um, can I go less than half a bucket? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, half a bucket as well. Um, just because, like I said, the Kenneth Brown character, he, he committed in a way that was redeeming while watching it. It was enough to keep me mentally engaged uh, instead of just sitting there and waiting for the runtime to expire. Uh, for the sake of being able to record the podcast. If it was not, I would have just turned it off, but we were, had to talk about it, so the, had to finish it. Um, I will never go anywhere near this again. And the next time you ask me to sign up for a Will Smith marathon, I'm going to say, I'll do the first three. Not <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, instead of Wild Wild West, what if we did Enemy of the State instead? Because that's right. a really good movie. Yeah, could have done Enemy of the State. I mean, good Lord, could have done pursuit of happiness could have done like you know there there was a bunch but um rob question to you i don't think harrison would have ever watched this um wild wild west again or the 1990 captain america movie is that the one with the little like plastic shield thing Everything Wait, is plastic in that movie. <laughs> I think I've seen it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised that you have seen that, but um, it, I've check. seen clips of it. I would, I would sit and watch that start to finish uh, before I would watch this again. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I, uh, I was thinking about that movie cause it came up in like a recommended for you feed. And I was like, Oh my God. I remember running that from blockbuster and watching it. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So see, if I was on Tubi for some reason, and I if I was browsing Tubi, who does that? I don't know. If you do that, good for you. Uh, but if I was, and the options were this, uh, Wild Wild West, or anything else, I'd pick anything else. <laughs> I would pick well, anything else. I feel like back when we were doing um, the Bourne series, I think one or two of them were on Tubi, like. Because you think about like, there's a lot of these free streaming services out there. There's like Crackle, there's Tubi, there's, you know, there's, I think Voodoo is a free one. Um, There's a bunch of this stuff that's out there. And you kind of think of it as like, okay, yeah, there's, you know, if it's free and it's only ad supported, there's no way there's anything. If you go through some of these services, like, honestly, like there's, you'll find some stuff that's pretty decent. Like you'll find a couple of things that are like forgotten hits and and TV shows and movies. Um, This ain't one of them. Um, but, uh, there's actually plenty on, uh, on these free services. If you're, if you're trimming things down, which by the way, don't trim down HBO max. You're going to need that for the next seven weeks. Um, you're going to need that one. If you are on Tubi looking for something to watch, I highly recommend the fifth element. See, now that is a ridiculous movie that, that works. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It does. Yeah. No, surprisingly enough, when I was going through Tubi because I had to use it for this um, and I used it for the two uh, Dead Space uh, animated movies that I did for watch parties, uh, I was really surprised by some of the selection that was on Tubi. It, it was surprising they have to heat say the least on Tubi. They have yeah. heat. So no one has an excuse not to see that movie. Yeah, I, I, I was surprised because you would think like, Rob, you're absolutely right. You'd be like, there's no way that anything good can be on this since you don't have to pay anything at all for it. Like, you don't even have to sign up and have an account. Like, yeah, they're not even going to ask your email address. Like, you can yeah. just download it and watch something. Yeah, so you would never think that there's anything good on it, but that is not the case. But this is certainly not one of them. 
also one more Tubi recommendation because I actually watch Tubi from time to time. So my my watch list is pretty good. Uh, Attraction is a Russian sci-fi disaster movie that has some pretty exceptional visual effects and is kind of a fun disaster movie. It's like yeah. a mid disaster movie. So check that out if you're looking for something to watch on Tubi. Yeah, watch yeah. that disaster movie as opposed to this disaster. Of uh, movie. Yeah, <laughs> as, as 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 opposed to this. <laughs> good lord, but. I mean, that will do it. Um, I mean, Scarface is on Tubi, for God's sakes. Oh, like, wow. No. The original or the um, uh, the Pacino version? Like Pacino. the one that most people know. Okay, uh, Pacino. Yeah. So, but still, I mean, like. Akira is on Tubi. Yep. Yeah. There's. Yeah, there's. There's some good stuff. Um, but. That will do it for this review. It's going to end our Will Smith marathons. We'll continue with The Last of Us uh, this Sunday. And we are still working, at least on Matt Goes to the Movies, we're still working out uh, February. Uh, Rob and I are going to convene, hopefully this weekend, and, and, and figure out a schedule for what we're going to put together for the month of February. Uh, certainly I'm hoping that we'll all be able to get to see uh, Ant-Man in the quantum realm and do a review yep. on that. Um, Cause that looks amazing. Um, and I'm really, I, did you guys hear the reason why they're starting with Ant-Man for this new phase? Like what their, what their reasoning was for, instead of having him bookend why he gets to start. The only thing I'm kind of thinking is because it's going to have Kang featured pretty heavily. And, and there's been a speculation that he is kind of the overarching big bad of this phase or the next several phases, possibly. Yeah, um, I, I mean, that's certainly um, that was part of it. But um, one of the reasons and Kevin Feige said this um, was he said they have gotten to a point where Ant-Man is. um he deserves to kick off uh, like he deserves to kick off a phase and show you what's to come to be one of the main players and not just be a background piece. Like he's like Paul Rudd, his performance and where this character has gone has earned the right to actually be a major starting point for what they're going to bring you. And I actually really enjoyed that because I, I think that's one of the real surprises is and I didn't like the second one as much. I love the first movie. I, you know, I, I love his character. Um, I, I think he has earned that. I think Paul Rudd has done an amazing job and has impressed me more than I thought he would with this role. If I if I go back to my list and I don't have it handy, I'm fairly certain I had Ant Man at number nine on my top, you know, yep. rankings of the, um, you know, the Infinity Saga of Marvel, and um. You know, what's what's funny is like those, you know, Ant-Man's not likely anybody's favorite comic book character. Like if you if you ask 3000 people, you're probably going to get 2000. We'll say Batman and the rest will be divided between Wolverine, Spider-Man and Superman. And then and then I guess if you're asking women, too, they're going to say Wonder Woman and um, Captain Marvel and and maybe Black Widow. But um, nobody's going to say Ant-Man. And yet the films that he's been in, you know, his his starring uh, his, you know, his, his films that are with his name on it and the, and the other uh, team up films that he's appeared in, 
Um, the character's fantastic. They're better than I think anybody, you know, I think those might be movies that people skip. Like when you talk to people, it's like, oh yeah, you, do you like Marvel movies? Oh yeah, I, you know, I, I watch the, you know, the Avengers movies and I like Spider-Man. And then you start talking to me and you realize which ones they haven't seen. You know, a lot of people have skipped the Ant-Man films, which is, which is a bummer because they're fantastic and they're so much fun. I would say the the Ant Man movies, both of them so far, are to me some of the most rewatchable of all the MCU. Oh yeah, um, be, they 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 just don't they, they age better than the others do. Where the others are like a really exciting event, like Infinity War, for example. If you've listened to my review of that, watching it a second time is an absolute dud. Ant Man, it's never been the case. It's always fun. Yeah, I think, you know, for the the second one, before we close up here, just the only thing that I really don't like is I I think that's a a miss with the villain. I I don't think Ghost is actually when you really break down what her character is. I I think that was a miss. Um, I, I feel sympathetic for her. I don't feel like, yeah, beat this person up and punch them like I like I do find myself during that movie going, why are you beating this person up? Like, <laughs> like, like, don't do that. Um, but that's like yeah. my my main complaint with that second one is I, I think it was a poor choice of of storytelling for the villain. Is Ghost coming back at all? Do any of you know? I heard that she's going to be part of the, the Thunderbolts movie. Mm. So, yeah, I think I'd heard that, too. So we'll see. Cool. But um. Harrison, uh, in case this is the first episode that somebody has listened to um, and they scroll down to the bottom of our show notes and see, check out the Basement Binge podcast. Uh, why would they do that? What What's going on over there? Besides, you're awesome. Like, Well, thank you. That's very nice of you. Um, the Basement Binge is uh, it's like Matt goes to the movies. It's where... I talk about movies and Matt and Rob join me from time to time as well, which is really fun. So currently at the basement binge, uh, reviewing some animated movies that I really love. So the episode that's coming up most recently is the Mitchells versus the machines, a movie that I, I adore for many reasons. And then some exciting Pixar films, um, some DreamWorks, some new animated movies that are being released. Um, but there's also great things like the MCU reviewed that like crazy. Uh, we got Christopher Nolan. We got, other action series, other good series over there. If, if there's a series that you can binge, it's over there at the basement binge. Very cool. Check that out in the show notes. The link will be there. And then Rob, um, please let listeners know how they can get in contact with our show. And uh, on these show notes, there are going to be links to our senior page because I will be doing a live watch for the newest episode of the last of us. And then we will be reviewing it right after. So Rob, how do they check those out? Yeah. So definitely make sure you uh, follow and subscribe and set uh, your podcast app to auto download. That way you stay right on top of everything Um, for returning listeners. Thank you so much. If this is your first time uh, listening to Matt goes movies, first of all, I, I have a question. If this is your first time, I'm trying to picture how that happens. You're scrolling through Spotify podcasts or you're scrolling Apple podcasts or whatever you use. And you're just scrolling for something to listen to. And you see, there's a show about wild, wild west. And you think to yourself, Oh wow. I liked that movie. I want to hear what they have to say. Like, how did, how does that happen? I'm just, if that is you, by the way, 
I would like you to email mgttmpodcast at gmail.com. It's just the initials of Matt Goes to the Movies, mgttmpodcast at gmail.com. Introduce yourself. Tell us who you are. Tell us a little bit about yourself, how you came across the show. And and if for some reason this movie just stands out with you as something you really enjoy, uh, tell us why and, and, uh, and give us some feedback on that. In the meantime, uh, you should also uh, head over to Facebook and like the show on Facebook, as well as join the Facebook group. There is an official Facebook group. Uh, there's other social media applications you can find the show on. Pretty much all the big ones, Instagram, TikTok, uh, YouTube. Um, you can see there's a couple of video reviews that are available um, and Instagram. So make sure you check those out as well. And uh, stay tuned. Um, we are continuing to uh, to cover The Last of Us every Sunday night. We record right after the episode ends. Uh, so you've got something for Monday morning as you are driving to school or work or whatever it is you happen to be doing. Um, this is, you know, the buzz is continuing and continuing and continuing to grow. So uh, don't get left out. Make sure you uh, check that out on HBO Max and then listen to our breakdowns afterwards because it's a lot of fun. And I will say, even if you're not watching the last of us and you don't think you will watch the last of us listen to the episodes they're that good they're 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 great episodes to review additionally if you just i just have to say it this week because yesterday uh i had jury duty uh i didn't actually get selected for jury duty but i had the jury duty selection where you have to sit there on a zoom call for hours uh the only thing that kept me entertained was a good book recommendation from matt rob so if you're just getting into like graphic novels and you want to branch out from all the main stuff and you need some good recommendations, email the show, mgttmpodcast at gmail.com. They have some exceptional recommendations. Yeah, well, thank you for that. So, listeners, thank you very much for tuning into this episode, and we will see you very soon at Matt Goes to the Movies.